Yo. What's up? Take two. Take two. It's Stephanie here. It's your boy Antoine the Source. Let's drink to that. Period. Oh, what a good clean. Brunch edition. Brunch edition. You know, we, we bringing you Sunday vibes. You know what? To start your Sunday vibe. I love that because Sundays feel clean, like a renew, you know? Granted, the Monday scaries are right behind us, but Sundays means you can drink champagne at 11 o'clock in the morning. Nobody judges you. It's, a, it's, like, a good, it's like a good way to put the, uh, the bow on top of a good breakfast, a good brunch. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Hey, shit, I've had it with my cereal. Makes the milk taste weird. But You've yeah. had what with your cereal? <laughs> I'm a no, no, okay, friend. Let's talk about struggle brunch because what is that? <laughs> what is Cookie and Crisp fruit, and mimosa? <laughs> you know what? what kind of cereal? Because if it was, you such a, you, that's a, that's like, a mature I, breakfast. When I was in my bachelor phase and was trying to start my outside Sunday gracefully. Mm, you know he was easing like, on in. Start out with a shot. So your so your cereal was like your pregame to brunch. Yeah, I just had to put something on my stomach. I understand. You know what I'm saying? I understand. And like I ain't feel like cooking. No, no, I didn't want to be had a uh, the apartment smelling like breakfast. Mm, you know I got you. And see, me, my brunches are different. They're way more elaborate because I like to cook like Lifetime Movie Network is filming. You know, like I want to. I take my leftovers from my refrigerator. I take out the meat from my leftovers. I throw in some breakfast potatoes, you know what I'm saying? Onions, bell peppers. Toast me some sourdough bread with some honey butter. You know what I'm saying? Drizzle. And then I pour my mimosa. This is the influencer lace brunch, you know. <laughs> with what's in your uh, refrigerator. You, you know, think, that's a real thing, you know. Like I know. They make meals with what's left over. But I need to do better because I really believe that I need a tripod in my home. Like, I would do content amazingly. So you need a Twitch where people just see you live. It's Twitch with that Kai Sinai, 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 what is it? Yeah, he making, he making a real bag off of the people up in arms because he's doing a seven-day stream of jail. But there's a bunch of influencers and, like, a few rap artists. Like, so it's, like, scared straight, but for influencers? No, it's like they just in there living, like. It's a jail just, simulation. Yeah, they. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and so everybody, like, why? But the thing about it is, it's like. The unfortunate thing of living for content. No, that's facts. You kind of run out of ideas. So you you always trying to, you know, keep pushing the envelope. So Yeah, keep know, getting those wanna, clicks. You want to live in the Truman Show. The Truman Show forecast with this. You know what I'm I mean? scared to watch the Truman Show because, <laughs> you watched it? no, I remember when it was like coming out and it was like fucking, you know, movie trailers and stuff. But it feels too real. Same thing with Black Mirror. I'm afraid to watch it. I've seen two episodes. It's too real. Since we talk about traumatic cinema, mm -hmm. I gotta have a brief, you know, in, in, in interception on like what we consider good black cinema. Let's talk this about is it. One situation. Okay. The outlier that when you watch it now, you like it kind of triggers me. Okay. Not that I've dealt with it, but it's it's plagued so many in the black community. Yeah. Watching lottery ticket. <laughs> I thought she was gonna say fucking roots, nigga. This lottery, nigga ticket. Said. lottery ticket triggers me when you watch it in hindsight. Tell me what tell me what about what I did. He was played with trying to basically make everybody happy around him before the money even hit his hand. Mm. It was already being spent for him. 
That's true. Remember Brandon T. Jackson had that that monologue on the top. Of the what room. a good I'm, shout out to I'm you. <laughs> you can help me, man. You, you got the ticket to my goddamn success in your hand. You know how much pressure it is, bro. And see, he thought he was gonna win. I feel like when he came out from that scene, he yeah, that might be the one. <laughs> that might be the one. I hey. He got Big Mama House. He booked that one right I'm going to say this. Brandon T. Jackson, he really is a great actor. He missed his pocket because he could have been like that token black friend in the white rom-com. Nah, he, went, he said he went crazy when they put him in a dress in Big Mama House. He said, he said that. He was never the same after that. He was traumatized. Dang, why would he? Mm. I don't know. I think he was already on the precipice. I mean, it's not, it's not hard to do in that industry, they say. But going back to lottery tickets, yeah. like, that was a traumatic experience, man. They wanted to whoop his ass because they didn't want him to get it. He was getting chased daily. He was getting chased daily. Boy, I couldn't live. Ice Cube had to come and say today. Ice Cube. But then, and then Tierra Marie was trying to take oh, over everything she, bro, he had. She, she kind of really, if we being honest, she forecasted the, 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 uh, what's going on in the streets these days. Mm. In what way? Unrealistic expectations hopping from bag to bag. I ain't saying that's the real, but that is what's being perceived on social media. And it's making it seem like it's easy to do. And let me just say, as a woman with pride, it is very difficult to A, ask for anything. I don't ask for shit. You know what I'm saying? That when blessings land in my lap, I thank the Lord. Yeah. But I don't ask for nothing. So in order to be that type of woman, you know what I'm saying, to go bag from bag or man to man or whatever it takes a lot of pride which me you know or less pride and more bravery man, not afraid I, to hear the word no i ain't gonna lie it's just it was just so many scenarios that i just saw i'm just like watching lottery tickets. i'm like damn this shit just pissed me off <laughs> you know what part of lottery ticket triggers me what is bow wow what's his name in the show calvin <clears throat> Calvin. No, it's not Calvin. We keep going. Okay. So Bow Wow's character, for the record, Bow Wow is one of my favorite actors. He's so good. Or and rappers. He's so talented. Um and Durag designers. But anyway. Anyway. Kevin. I knew it was a cuh in there. But yeah, he has his, you know, solid friend group. He got Naturi Nottin's character, who's like a rider for she him. She was the day one. She was the day one. But what does he do? What the fuck does he do? Nah, yeah. He friend zones the fuck out of her and only comes to her when he what gets fucking done in the door by fucking Tia Marie's fine ass character. It's like niggas always want to like chase after what they think is like the goal, the baddie, which is fine. Because she was bad. That's just call up spade a spade. That was peak Tia Marie. I she looked good. I would never would have thought we would have got here. But so, right. But she looked great, you know. So I get the initial draw. Nature Nan's character walking around looking all homely and shit. Hey, but you know what? She was a product of her circumstances. He could have mm -mm. leveled her up. No. She was not a product of her circumstances. She was a product of her own choices. Now these were good choices because her and Tia Marie was basically neighbors. This was, in. this was when did lottery ticket come out? Naturi Naughton. What's Naturi Naughton's character name? Lottery Ticket came out in 2010. But you can't say it's circumstance when her two girls, Stacy, 
Stacy and Tia Marie Tia living in the Marie same. Pulled up in the drop top. She made different choices. She, but you don't know what Tia Marie. You saw what Tia Marie was trying to do to Bow Wow. That's what I'm saying. She was trying to take the rub off. Because in my meet mind, to meet. <laughs> not me to me. Let's talk about the trauma that she's probably experienced. She's a real product of her circumstance. You said like a Twitter conversation. <laughs> God damn, bro, I'm done. This is where I bowed out and beat the conversation. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you know. Well, shut, but Bow Wow should have stuck with his home base. He, he spent the block. He spent the block. Ish. Since we talk about, matter of fact, we had a conversation about spinning the block. Spin the block twice, like it ain't nowhere to park. The benefit of recording on Sundays is you get to see the whole week transpire. That is true. Maybe we should we should explore something like that. Yeah, you know, because at the end of the day, you know. I was looking on my social media this morning, mm-hmm. and I saw, you know, wake up, scroll. I don't know why. That's a goddamn, but just kind of see, sick make addiction. Sure the world blow up Correct, because that's, that's how you know. Why I scroll. Nah, period. Twitter is my, I hate to say First it. First line, it's the news. It's my goddamn news. It's the period. news. So I uh, I go on, and I, and I see, you know, Janet, you know, my boy J.D., Posted. I ain't saying they was living on each other. I ain't putting out false narratives. Right. But they was posted. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Posted. The doors still open to communication. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Communication still open. Thought it was very grown woman, grown man vibes. And I was, we was having a conversation before we started recording. Like, this is that sweet spot, you know, in your 40s, close to your late 30s. Well, if you still out here philandering, you philandering, know, you know, <clears throat> still finding your way in these navigating these streets of dating. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people go to what they know their comfort zone, especially if y'all been communicating, y'all seen the growth in each other. Right. You know, we don't understand. You know, people going to therapy now. <laughs> people are saying? people are getting their minds right. You know, people working on they sell, on themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Uh, people getting themselves out of debt, you know, coming back to you. you know, debt I, free. You know, I remember we was going stag, but you know. <laughs> I got you. I, I, I got you this time. I got you. <laughs> this decade. Uh, you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like, you know, the potential you thought you had didn't get the cash in until after. Later. You know? So, I, I say all this to say, spinning the block is not always a bad thing if you ain't found your person. I would like to chime in. Obviously, there's no one else here to do it, but <laughs> let me chime in because I feel like I'm a little miss spin the block. I, I think so. You know, a lot of my partners have been partners from the past. I'm a, I go green. I'm a recycler sometimes for the you know economy and the environment. But I do think that spin the block is something that you should do 40 and after. I don't think that spinning the block in your 30s is brilliant. I just got done with spinning the block, and now he's blocked. I I, I can't control what from happens block from block to block. To <laughs> poetry, a haiku. But no, but yeah, I feel like I spent the block before. But there's no such thing as spinning the block prematurely. And when you do that, you fuck up the later block. You can't spin the block thrice. Like, it's just too much spinning. Yeah, you can't be spinning. The carousel can't keep going. No, you know like, saying? stop. Ain't, ain't gonna lie. Some people, they see people in every phase of their life. I have. Can you imagine, Oof. like, dating somebody old enough? For seven years? And still have the capacity to be like, we gonna end this thing out together. This where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm at. Completely slim shit. This, I'm, getting I'm, the, I'm getting on the plane with you. you know I'm, I'm just like, you know. 
you gotta it's about boundaries and I feel like right now with this, with certain people I can't spin the block with you anymore. The block is closed. The road is closed. Detour this way, but don't, you know what I'm was, saying? Was there a conversation prior to the blocking, or was it just like he woke up going green? Tesco green, it hits a little different, <laughs> don't it? Shout out to Drake. He a prophet. Drake always know. <laughs> Drake, you always know. Um, There wasn't a conversation prior to the blocking, no. But there was a conversation that was like, listen, several conversations that was like hey this right now is a little bit shaky let's remedy it because after this there is no more how much notice after this conversation did the, did it before it went green i will say that there was a conversation let's say there was a conversation eight days ago about i don't know if i want to i was on the show remember on the podcast i told y'all i think it's over right i think it's over but i'm trying to see which way to go and then he did something that I looked at, and I was like, you know what? This this might not be husband behavior. Don't think I and then you just needed the confirmation. Yeah, yeah, but because you know, you get to a point when you're about to be thirty five, when you're in your mid thirties, actions that a man take, you look at it in a husband lens, in a partner, long time partner lens. Right. And if you're doing things that I don't, I can't see myself, because you know, it's like for better for worse, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at you and this is the worst and I know I can't handle that forever, I got to piece myself out. Have to avoid adverse situations. Avoid adverse situations. Hey, <laughs> I, I appreciate you work, working those those uh, situations out without it having some impactful, you know, um, right? Uh, like some impact on your life. You know, you got out of the landscape. But then that was why I did it when I did it because I knew that if I would have continue to go on this dating journey with this person, it would have been really hard for me to get out unscathed. Yeah, it's been a process. I feel like there's been six episodes worth of content and I appreciate it. You welcome. My life is my listens. I remember when this started, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh shit. I was excited too. (laughs) Honestly, I miss it. It was really fun. It was a season of the show. It was. Feeling very insecure-ish. I am Issa D. (laughs) That's just who I am. It's sick. And at the there was a point where I had a Lawrence and a Daniel because I was like, you know, with somebody that was from my past, but also I don't know somebody that was just fine as hell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah, both of them niggas is gone. (laughs) I drink to that. Hey, I mean, you got the dab with both sides of the pun. Would be. I did. I had me a, this is a very deep tangent. But for those of you who are from Dallas or from an inner city, I feel like GISD is a, just a very niche group of people. Mm-hmm. We have certain similarities that no one else can really understand. And my, one of the guys from my past Earlier in this year, he was a DISD nigga, and he was just so special. Y'all was representing on that reduced lunch. Yes. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I was never reduced lunch. Well, I God brought my lunch. Shit, you was trying to, I mean, you could have got, because it was free lunch and reduced lunch. 
Most people got reduced lunch because that was like the sweet spot. How did you apply for that? Because my parents, they kept telling my parents make too much money to do certain things. Well, that's the thing. That's why they, they would have put you on reduced lunch if you was a single parent. You see, you live in a two-parent household. You yeah. You had two incomes. My fucking detriment. My Funk, mom, you know what? Staying together, parents. <laughs> let me tell you the things I've gone through as a result. But keep going. It's, it's, like, it puts you in a bad spot almost unless your parents really eating. Because it's like you make too much, but goddamn, we got more bills. But let me just say that the lunch wasn't given. Oh yeah, like I ain't gonna lie. Reduced lunch came in clutch for me when mom had that tough, that little tough pocket. It's like a four day window every mm, month. Okay. Like, okay. I give you two dollars for a drink and some and, and a candy. Got you. Let's I see. can't give you five. You get what $2 saying? is good because that's got, chips and drinking, maybe a, a one of the cookies. This with $3 was goddamn two to three uh, gallons a game. $5 could get you really far in the world. <laughs> so you got to think this is a trip to work. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Nah, for so real. Yeah. I could have gave you the five I give you every week. My mom, you see, I ain't going to lie. I admit, I was horrible with money at an early age. Goddamn. Mom used to give me the good old 20 at the top of the, at the top, at, you know, on Sunday. Back at, you was rich. I was. But hey, I, I was a nigga with food stamps when I got that twist. Dang, yeah. You know, let me get that. You know, I, <laughs> I wasn't on the dollar menu. You know, I, you was getting meals. I was getting meals. I had the twenty. Rich. This with the bank. The big bank bill was five ninety nine with a super size. I remember that. I used to get a McChicken meal. I was like, let me get apple pie too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you was balling. You get what I'm saying? You was balling. You know it. You got $3 on Wednesday that you got stretched. <laughs> so you knew what paycheck to paycheck was at an early age. They had, me, did I, they had that's when you got to go and start playing dimes or, or quarters. Or See, the girls dice. weren't doing that. You going to turn that three into 10. Now she was already investing. <laughs> Make it to the weekend. <laughs> I just need to get it to the weekend. Because if I ask her for some money, she going to punch my ass. Not the original <laughs> investments. <laughs> go ahead. Hey, man. Living in a single parent household prepares you for financial literacy early on. I will say I can I can see that, and I don't like I used to think like oh I want my partner to be from a two parent household as well. Now it's kind of like I'm indifferent. You know, it'd be nice, I guess, so we can both you know. You get different survival skills. <laughs> it, but I'm, my parents' structure is my parents. My mom comes from a two parent background. And my dad is a single parent household with five siblings and he's the oldest. Yeah. So I think that his survival skills and what he grew up was good for her and created a and created balanced children. Yeah. You know, because look at me. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie because, you know, you get responsibility early. You know, at a like, single parent household? Like, especially being the oldest. You yeah, know what I'm that's my true. My brother was cooking full breakfasts before we hit the double digits. My daddy, my daddy was cooking breakfast with he, his siblings, and his mom. It was like, because, you know, mama, mama get out on the summer, you know, she got to leave, you know. And so then she want to work overtime. She can't start dinner. So I like, put, put, the, put the meat out. Got to put the meat out. Throw it out. She go, she go write it on the envelope before yes, she leaves. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Take the meat out. I used to Clean always forget that. The envelope notes was our first text messages. You See, know what I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> like, that is so true. Did you get an envelope note that sometimes pissed you off because like they didn't got they didn't got a call from the See, kid. <laughs> my envelope notes notes was always church envelopes for the record. <laughs> But my, they were jokes. Mine's on the back of bills. Just whatever bill. Bill, bill notes. <laughs> yeah. But no, I feel like 
my the envelope notes for us was just jokes. My mama would write jokes in church. And so it was always like her making fun of something in church. And she would like pass notes in church to us. But for the the take out the meat, she would call the house phone and tell us, take that meat out. And it's like, all right, cool. And I'm finished watching Dexter's laboratory. And it's over for her. There's no meat out. I hate to side. I hate to go to the side. Cause we supposed to get to another topic. <laughs> but do you remember when Carla D hit the streets? Yes, MCI. <laughs> do you understand how easy and much easier that made everybody like? Nah, for real. <laughs> like, do you remember? Do you? Let's go back further. Do you remember when area codes were introduced? Oh my gosh! There weren't always. There were no always no two and four. Hey. 713 was the, the stamp of that. That was the stamp in Houston. 214 is the stamp of Dallas. Then them 469s start coming. 972s, DeSoto, they kicked it off with the 972s. What is 832? You know what I'm saying? I am an 832 baby. You are, okay. <laughs> been having the same number since 11th grade. I've been 214 for all my life. I ain't gonna lie, I said somebody, that's how I know I ain't got no kids out there. I've been having the same number since 11th grade. And ain't nobody called you. Hey, what the fuck on me? Ain't nobody called you. That's why I'm sure. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, like, I feel you. I ain't hard to find. Congratulations. You know Shout out to Dia. <laughs> but yeah, I ain't hard to find. Like, but now, nah, so I was saying that about uh, Call ID helping the world because we used to have to have a system when I was at home with my mom. Had us at home but too early. Yeah. So mm. I was staying at home by myself. Phone rings. By nine. So my mom was like, I'm going to call back to back. I call back to back. That's me. That's a safety system. Like, that's a safety I love system. that. Because she don't want nobody to grab up. Where your mama at? You freeze up. No. Your mama gave you a whole script. <laughs> that makes sense. Your mama gave you a whole script. Oh, my mama went to the stove. That makes sense. My mama, you know, my grandma was like, how long she been gone? I got I, I don't know, because your mom is young at this point, so your, her grand, your granny is really checking for her. Yeah, my mama had been 16, so hey, she's 24. She's still outside. You she's outside. Saying? Like, she's spinning cones. Not spinning so, cones. So, hot pockets saved me. You know what I'm saying? Hot, okay, but hot pockets are a danger. Well, back then, it was a They were so hot. Hey, I didn't have some goddamn raw ass move from rooftops in my mouth. Bro, thanks to the goddamn. It's either too frozen in the middle or piping hot. See, this is why you gotta, you gotta put, you gotta gash it. You gotta, as soon as you take it out, you gotta let it, cause y'all be trying to eat it with the pocket, and so the, the heat just circulates all up in there. <coughs> you gotta put some slices in there. You get what I'm saying? Oh, to like and let the circumvent. Let it, I think the word is circumvent. Let the yes. heat, you know, get out of there. You yes, know what I'm and escape this is instead of being trapped in a pocket. You get but what see. That shit, but is it on the instructions? Heat has to rise, but if it don't have no this nigga rise, think he a fucking Bill it, Nye the Science it's gonna, guy. It's gonna find it's gonna find something up top, and it's gonna be the roof of your mouth for real. <laughs> like, it's like a heat explosion. So you know what I'm saying? You gotta let it sit, slit open for about three, about three to five minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Then do the. But you gotta, you gotta yeah. blow on every bite. I'm getting triggered. This is a, un unlocking a core memory. The key of, to eating the yeah. high pocket is you gotta blow. Every three to five bites. What I mean by that is the first three to five bites, all of them got to be, before you put it in your mouth, you got to blow it. I have a new remedy for Hot Pockets. You cook, you cook it the way you cook it, and then you just dice that, you slice it into slices. That way, it's all open. 
You're doing the same shit. I've been annoyed with people when it come to dating them. You acting brand new. <laughs> what are you talking about? When we start slicing. I mean, it's it's a cautionary measure. It's a cautionary measure. I feel like this is this is why I'm I'm irritated with us as people. We're losing the recipes. You want us to burn ourselves? We lose when we start eating hot pockets with forks. Would our roofs of our mouths start burning? I'm, I'm sorry. We, we we used to thug it out. Now y'all too good. We, to we, because we don't have to anymore. Yeah, Modern technology <laughs> has what? helped us. Sounds like a Twitter conversation. You know what I'm saying? One that kind of like. Has sparked a lot of debates. Like what? Goddamn cheesecake winning. Free walking. Cheesecake factory. Their marketing department is like going up trying to. Trying they trying to, to catch up. up. They trying to catch Black up. Twitter game was one. They threw us a lot. They threw us a lot. What are we gonna do with Black it? Black Twitter is like the Drake feature. What do? <laughs> nah, for real. <laughs> we being honest. That's true. Black Twitter is like a Drake feature. It's gonna put you on. What do you do with it? Is that that's on you? <laughs> Will you block boy JB this? <laughs> Listen. Oh, you little dirty. Which one are you gonna do? <laughs> Take it and run. <laughs> oh, you just fucking just flounder and just let it pass you by. Drake, he know he's so eloquent. He said, "I hopped on your feature. Make the label think they need you for real." It's exactly what you're saying. Cheesecake Factory just was was was, was a go to for the Middle Eastern, the Asians. And the white families. This was they go to. Let me. Okay, can we pause there? When was your first introduction to the Cheesecake Factory? High school birthday meals. Okay. My mom used to. She used to ball out for us. Right, because it was a ball out. Yeah, cheesecake but, Factory was associated with balling out. The ball out, you know, circa 20, 2002 to two thousand ten. Yeah. You know, the nigga took you to to the Cheesecake Factory. Balls that's up. a payday. That's a payday date. Yeah, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like my my first introduction to the Cheesecake Factory was fifth grade, 1999. But my sixth grade graduation dinner, my aunts, my uncles, my mom, my dad, we had a long ass table of people at the Cheesecake Factory, and I remember my friends being so jealous. Gotta think when you walk into the seat, the cheesecake factory back in the day, and these extravagant decorations, the the light fixtures. It's all dim. You know, it looked like a goddamn New Jack City. City. It was beautiful. Like, it was like, damn, this is what I deserve. Yes, I felt so. It used to be a flex to and say. Succulent cheesecakes to the left when you. Oh, when you first walk in, it's like the hostess stand. And all these the cheesecakes. Lemonade hitting. Then they introduced red velvet cheesecake when that dropped. Y'all not about to act brand new with cheesecake. You get what I'm saying? How? Like, but no, Twan. I don't think that's what's happening. No, but still, can we give cheesecake its fat? Its 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 flowers before we insert applause button. Tea? Yes. Also, it carried us in college. You took a chick the cheesecake factory. That was a goddamn fine cuisine. So I get how some people holding on to the nostalgia <laughs> of cheesecake factory. Shout out to my best friend Jeremy. Real quick, Jeremy Hills, my dog, my bestie, my brother, um, and not in the weird way, but my real brother. <laughs> um, when we was in college, Jeremy was the, he seemed like the richest football player in the world to me. And that was my dog, right? So when we would ball, he'd be like, bro, you want to get something to eat? I'd be like, yeah. So we would leave campus, hop in his charger. He had a charger with some black rims. We'll hop in his charger and he would drive us to the Cheesecake Factory at Barton Creek Mall in Austin, Texas. 
And he put me on to the Louisiana chicken pasta, and I ain't never looked back. That was a go-to. It's so good. That was a go-to. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we just I understand the grievances on both sides. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. You know, um, first of all, I think what made a lot of people upset on the opposite agenda, you know, women, is they felt as though those go-to spots meant like this was just some fly the moment, what you doing type, no planning, no dating effort has been put in. Mm-hmm. So... I feel as though Cheesecake Factory and a lot of those things on the list are things you've done after you've had some type of experience to understand if y'all really want to start dating. Okay, yeah. The reason I say that is there's a lot of interactive things you can do. Mm-hmm. I feel like bowling, it was it was some slugs got that, that, got, that got hit. Don't take me bowling. Everybody can't go bowling, but some people like it. And, and that's and that's fine. So that's fine. That's, but I was just saying, like, some of those places on there, I get. But I feel as though what's happening right now is everybody's trying to romanticize what they see in front of them because we see highlight. We're in the highlight era. Mm, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you see a goddamn TikTok video of a chick go with... Go get ready with me on Groom. my surprise date. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the nigga, she been dating three years. Right. So you just looking at the experience. Right. Not the timetable. Hello. You don't know what is cutting. Facts. What brought her to having this candlelight dinner on the top of her Exactly. You know what what she done been through to get there. What she done been through to get here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She probably had swung heels at frat parties. And you God forbid. <laughs> like, she probably did all type of stuff. I ain't saying you got to go through struggle, but what I'm saying is we can't look at the highlights of what we've seen and be like, I deserve this, you know? And so I'm saying like, and even on men, like men be wanting a chick cooking for them when they wake up in, in, in goddamn Calvin Klein booty shorts and shit so they can smack them on the ass. <laughs> but this woman be a camp, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like she yes. not care in the world. She don't know what work is. If I'm kept, you won't hear a peep out of me. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to contribute. They see the videos of the woman making this man this three layered box of lunch and be like, "I deserve this." It's like nigga. that man. She probably don't even know what a bill look like. Exactly. You know Who is Bill? Who is Bill? You know what I'm saying? Only Bill I know is Cosby. Hello. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, so I say all that to say we can't look at highlight era. And be like, I deserve that. If you ain't put in your side of the effort. I, I do agree with that. But I think with the Cheesecake Factory conversation, like, I feel differently all around. I don't feel like on one side or the other. I feel like, first of all, before we start talking about what restaurants are deemed worthy enough for a first date, I want to talk about what is the purpose of a first date to people? Because I think that is different. Some people think that, a first date is, like, just to get to know you. But, like, did we not have conversation via text and on the phone to get to know each other before this moment? And that's why niggas is like, we can go on a coffee date. It's like, nigga, yeah, we can. Like, we can go. But quit throwing <laughs> date in front of it or behind it. It's not a date, that's nigga. It's a meetup. So it's a meetup. certain segments of those on the list that more of meetup situations. True. And I think, though, like, I look at a first date as, like, We've been having some type of good conversation on the front end in some regard. 
and you want to be impressive, but also get to know me deeper. And there are some niggas that's not trying to be impressive. They just kind of want to do whatever. And if your goal is to be impressive on the first date, if your goal is to be impressive and Cheesecake Factory is where you take me, it's kind of like, is that what you think is impressive? Or do you think that's what would impress me? There's certain sweet spots you can introduce shit like that, but you got to make it an experience. Correct. Like, first you got to be like, okay, I'm going to take you to a laser tag. God damn. But, but I'm just saying you got, you got you. It's like we're going to make it a whole, like, like say y'all been talking and she's like, I've just been stressed with work. Yeah. You know? Right. Been going through it. Mm-hmm. Boss so, on my nerves. I'm going to take you back to childhood. We done talked about the nostalgia of just having the, yep. fuck you, the, the fuck you era of our life. Yep, lives. exactly. I'm going to take you back to the fuck you era of our life. We're going to main event. We're going to play some video games. I'm, we're going we're gonna to drink Long Island iced tea. I'm, make, I'm dressing experience up. Correct. Like, I, I didn't told you on Wednesday, I'm going to make you go back in time and just have yes. a, bring bring your lo, bring your uh, your, uh, your Chuck side or, or bring your Afro his side. I want you to be able to just come and just let your hair down. I want to see you in your natural glow. Yep. You see, I didn't dress up. That you show, you curated that shit, friend. I didn't, I didn't spend $120 on this date, but you was like, this nigga put in so much dollars. But is that a first date? This is a second date. A se- I think that's what, I think that that's how you keep a bitch around. I mean, a woman around. <laughs> a first, the first date, you know, I feel as though it's just one of those things where, okay, a good first date to me is taking her to a little cafe that like this. Give me an example. We in Dallas, Texas, for the record, listeners and watchers. We in Dallas. What is the first date to you? Season by the sea at seven o'clock, and then we go listen to some music. I love that. It's a twofer, a two part. It ain't a lot of dudes being like, oh, I didn't look. Dudes ain't going to Seasons by the Sea. Yeah. I think a first, so a first, like first dates for me. I went on a first date one time to Cheddar's, and it's because I tweeted, "Dang, I love Cheddar so much. It's been a long time since I went." Them be the goddamn. Them is goddamn alley oops for niggas. When and when when you answer those responses, I've been there once once in my life. Where somebody have a low hanging fruit, like yep. I just need a nigga just and this poop. The first thing to get into the DM with, with something Q saying, he killed damn, him. you know, I fell into a Black Mirror experience because I saw somebody who was like, damn, I want that's how I found out about the goddamn, uh, the 3D, uh, going, going what? on, not on the 3D, uh, going on those, uh, oh, the VR days, the VR days, yeah, okay, because of some Black Mirror stuff, boom, somebody had said it, and it was like, God damn, that's a cool ass day. Yeah. Shit, I want to go too. Yeah. It was a day, it didn't go nowhere. But, but I, I, the thought not, was there. The thought was there. Yeah. And so when you said that and he came up for the cheddars, boom, clutch. And I wasn't, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie because A, I love cheddars. Who doesn't? Be for real. Like the broccoli cheese casserole and the croissant salon. Let's not talk about I mean, the yeah, salmon Caesar salad. salad pasta. Okay. But I tweeted about it and he texted me and was like, I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but like we're going. I'm taking you to Cheddar's. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the Cheddar's thing. It was the assertiveness. It was the assertiveness, and that you listen or you paying attention to what I tweet. Because I tweet about honestly, if a man ever wants to date me, the formula is in my tweets. Facts. 
Damn, so you giving out the jewels. With that I list. do, because I never want a nigga to be like, you ain't say shit. It's like, nigga, I tweeted it, though. You did tweet Cheesecake Factory. You been screaming. Hey, low-hanging fruit's a lot. I, I mean, it's just like you. there. It's like, because why make it difficult? Like, I like Cheesecake Factory. I like crab legs. But now, the thing about it is this. A lot of times, <laughs> most times, that offering is coming from somebody you don't really like. That is the fucking shit. <laughs> Like I'll tweet, I really am craving Cheesecake Factory, and the nigga who I will, who just is hard eyeing the fuck out of my DMs, right? And all I'm doing is just harding it to be nice. To exactly. Oh. He's like, "Well, which you want to go?" It's like, nigga, yeah, I want to go. It's not with your ass. Ugh. Leaving them on scene. I have it. to. You have to be like that these days. <laughs> Think about it is this. Um, that's another thing that comes from that that list. Uh, I think first of all, that list came from dudes. It looked like a, a Facebook background. That was a list that that the, the uh, original author was a guy, and basically it was like mocking what women portray on social media in his eyes. Well, so that started the conversation, and I said to myself, though, I've had dates with people just sitting in the car smoking and chopping it up. Me too. And we vibe till four in the morning. I'm done. And like that. if they like you. And like your company, you get way more bandwidth and way more grace than somebody who like, do I, can I, should I, I, should I, those conversations, Yeah, I need you to blow my socks off. But I think what's happened in my life and probably what's happened in a lot of women's lives, which is why they're vocalizing, expecting more, is that the niggas who you give... Like, for example, the cheese, we could take the Cheddar's nigga, my Cheddar's nigga. He ain't mine no more, but he took me at Cheddar's. I thought it was dope. He paid attention to my Twitter. Great, right? Then we went to, like, a little hookah, another time. We went to a hookah lounge or whatever, and we was making out in that place. I mean, oh, it was so fucking image. amazing. Like, they was playing R&B. We had a hookah. We was BYOB, so I had brought, like, drinks and stuff, and that was, like, you know, whatever. And that was really nice. And then we did the whole, we went to the Trinity Overlook. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's, a, that's a Dallas staple. You know, we was two Dallas niggas, DISD kids, you know? So we went to the Trinity Overlook, did a couple things, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, we stayed up talking till 4 a.m. But then it's like small stuff that goes along with that. Like, he didn't make sure I got home safe. We're keeping a car running during the Trinity Overlook thing. My gas hand is getting low. You know what I'm saying? You know, can you, can you uh, put in? Or it's like different small things like that. The, those things, I don't see you taking care of me in certain ways. So it's kind of like, wow, I can be, not low expectations, but I can be like casual. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to dating experiences, as long as they're niche and unique. But in other areas... You got to step up to the plate. You, you spoke on something like that. And we kind of talked about this off air when we kind of discussed about, like, age. Yeah. And dating. Yeah. Um, in different realms. The reason I say that is I've noticed that, especially women, women seem to age more gracefully than men these days. Uh-huh. Um, because a lot of men, women are invested in themselves. Yeah, we got all types of appointments. Exactly. So, <laughs> with that, women, I've seen the women that get into their late 30s, early 40s, they they have a tendency to date younger or give men at a younger an opportunity. 
Okay. And I understand it more now than ever. The reason I say that is, as adults, we as we uh, as we age, we get stuck in our ways. You know, Matt. You know, an older person get to the point where they say, "What the fuck comes to their mind? What I say goes." I don't like strange. I don't like radical. You know, radical change. You know, you being a stranger. You get what I'm saying? Doing so the like, most. Yes. So imagine trying to be an ideal mate for if you in your 40s just meeting somebody that's also in their 40s in the same age as a man. Mm-hmm. And it's like trying to find that balance of power. Because I've lived and taken care of myself and, and make, got myself here successfully. And now I'm supposed to just buck the entire system. So you have to kind of align more when you're older, dating. Yeah. And I say that so you kind of tend to like give yourself people who aren't as stuck in their ways, who are open to experiences and also just somebody you feel as though I can live with. Yeah. And I say that because men get cranky earlier in life Mm -hmm. than women. What you mean? Like things get on y'all's nerves? Yes. Like our patience subsides early in life than women in mine. Okay. Because... As men, we've dealt with so much goddamn, like, you know what? I didn't have to kind of do it this way. Then when you get to a certain age in life, you feel like, I got some, I got some base. I got some authority in my voice. Yeah. And so you almost feel like, if I don't want to go, I ain't going to go. Yeah. You know a lot of cranky old black men. You but know I, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think, though, I, I don't disagree. But I do think that women get cranky more. But we have the couth not to vocalize it every time. And we don't have the, I don't think that we have the privilege of announcing it every time something like is, we feel like impatient about something or we feel cranky about something because being angry as a woman isn't a acceptable trait to people. But when you're mad as a man, nobody gives a fuck. You know what I'm saying? It's like you cranky, but a woman is never cranky. She's a bitch. But, you know, but it looks weird. Also, from a man, when it becomes belligerent, yeah, like when it goes over the top, like there's nothing more like humbling for a man to lose his cool in front of a batch of people because mm. now you feel like you have lost control of yourself. That's real. And so, like, think of somebody that's like a, 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 a an authority figure as a man. He loses cool on somebody. People yeah. be like, oh, right, you know. So yeah. it's like all this work of being able to like navigate without falling victim to emotions. Yeah. Because men aren't, men are told and to not look at things emotionally. Which is sick. Like that, but that's how they're taught because it's like emotions convey weakness. Because once, this is how they- I know, yeah, you, I, yeah, you're right. Like, it's like even in athletics, if somebody sees like, you you, you know, they getting to you, you, you complain to the ref, you, you know, once you start showing that you're flustered by the ball. Yeah, yeah. It looks like weakness to your opponent. Yeah. That's what men are told. And so that's why, I, unfortunately, a lot of men harbor a lot of things mm-hmm. and it blows up because yeah. they aren't able to communicate. But once you start getting older, you start communicating your grievances and it makes you sometimes hard to deal with. If you're doing the work, because we talked about earlier, I don't know if we were on wax or off, but 40, nowadays, the 40 year old, the, the the man or the human, whatever these days, mental health is talked about often 
therapy is, you know, glorified, glamorized these days. So I feel like if a man is doing the work um, to, like, be a better communicator and talk about things and not holding things. Because men be pissing me off, bro. Like, y'all like to, like, sit on shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now you, you're presenting as if something is bothering you. And I'm asking you what's wrong, and then you saying nothing, and you acting like me asking you what's wrong is the thing that's getting on your nerves. And it's like, nigga, no. Like, something is pissing you off. You're not saying what it is, but you're acting in a pissed-off-ass way. So it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that shit? So the men that are able to, like, vocalize what they're experiencing and just like, you know what? I actually, I am being saucy. I'm not sure why, but... I'm going to get over it on my own time, but just know it has nothing to do with you, Sydney. I'd appreciate that. But instead, y'all want to fucking stomp through the fucking house and being <laughs> quiet and shit and not talking and shit. It's like, nigga, fucking speak the fuck up. <laughs> that shit pissed me off. Huh? Do it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Looks very aggressive. God damn. You know, I feel like you went somewhere in your flashbacks just now. I mean, I did because who got time to fucking... Beg a nigga to tell her what's wrong. I ain't gonna lie, man. If you watching no Tubi movies, there's always a moment in the movie where it's like the dude, he 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 tell her everything. He just, hey, boo, you did. Before you know it, some niggas running this shit, blowing up your spot. Okay. I ain't saying that's real. Why bad. is Tubi your example? <laughs> Let's talk about that. I've been watching Tubi a lot lately. I don't understand. I don't know why. It's, it's, a, it's an addictive. It's an addictive. I've watched the same storyline. About 30 different ways. You watch the Dirty D, right? Dirty D. Oh. I watched the whole Dirty D. One, one and two. <laughs> right. I'm waiting on three. Like, yeah, three. Yeah. Breathe yeah. on the goddamn murder. Because I. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I got questions. But no, but yeah, I, I, going back to the, the 40 and young, like dating younger, right? I think it dating younger is fine. And I understand it. But I think it depends on the age that both people are. And the generation that both people come from. You have to have, you have to be able to share on nostalgia. Yeah. That is a big key as far as the age overlap. Yeah. If y'all don't have the same nostalgic moments. Yeah. That's what it's going to get on. Because you talking about watching the Fat Albert show when you was a kid. And I'm I talking, talking about, about Cartoon that. Network. Exactly. <laughs> like, like If we didn't watch Hey Arnold together. Right. Whether you was 13 and I was three. Right. You know. Nah, for real. Like, if you don't have that memory in life, if you don't know what Rugrats is, I can't. Oh, you was an adult when Rugrats is on. You think they lose? It's, it's too much of a. It's a gap. It's a gap. That's what a yeah. gap is there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because like, me and my cousin are 10 years apart. I'm 35. She about to be, well, I'm about to be 35. She's about to be 45. But we have similar upbringing. Now, she was a cool teenager. And you was in tow. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. We watching TV. We All that was a thing for both of us. You know, my brother and me was a thing for both of us. If we wasn't trying to get in front of the television at 6 o'clock on a Saturday. Today, Not facts. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. If we don't have the same. If TJIF wasn't a part of our life. Yeah. We might not have the same vibe together. <laughs> oh, damn. That's the one thing. I think, okay, so, but people at, at home are still listening, right? Yeah. So, basically, what's happening is, y'all, our video, we were recording a video and it just stopped. But, you know, y'all can still hear us, right? Y'all can still hear us. So, our audio version going to be a little longer than the video version. Right. So, we're going to tell y'all to go to the audio version. Yes. To finish the goddamn episode. Yes. <laughs> but before, before we get out of here, I will say this. I want to give, give 
the flowers to Bella Noche. Bella Noche. If you can't go to Bella Noche, where else can, can, where you, else can go? you go? Hey, he got his flowers finally a decade later. Insert clap button. He got that, he got that hood trophy. You know what a hood trophy is? I don't. A shave room post. Okay. Okay. I ain't gonna lie, because whether you love or hate shave room, you can't get a bigger platform as a hood. As a hood platform, as a as a hood goddamn content creator. Yeah, not for real. As a shave room post. For real, yeah. A shave room post is like a people goddamn magazine post for the white folks. Well, I will say this. The shave room, hood or not, if you black and been on a shave room, you've successfully they went viral. You exactly. You good or bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish the Southern Classic would have been on, on the shade room. Like, I ain't gonna lie. So, that's the thing. And so, when I saw, I went to school at a point in my life. It was a, it was a crossroad point in my life when I lived in Louisiana. Mm. I can attest to their party a little different than everybody else in the country. Bella Noche is where? In Baton Rouge. I was up top. They in, so, Baton Rouge okay. and New Orleans, even though they're an hour away, are completely different. Yeah. The culture is completely different. But they both, all throughout Louisiana, partying is a thing, and we're going to party to our music. Mm-hmm. They don't really listen to outside shit. I like that. The radio don't really get no play in the club yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah, okay. That song you heard was a, some dude from Baton Rouge. Right. That was, everybody was going up to on the Bella Noche post that went viral, because that's gonna put everybody in the element like imagine good job for him dallas club and they put all dallas but yeah and they took you to dallas so it's like the familiarity gonna gonna bring it yeah out. absolutely now I'm real turn and so that's what they kind of like focus in i'm giving a like a play-by-play analysis of louisiana <laughs> i see i see but what i think what why that went so viral though is we've been having grievances of club and importing costing too much they're it does. pricing out the average person yeah it does it does the section has killed the club the club experience yeah you know what i thought the club was gonna be i had when I first stepped off the porch. Okay. You know, mm. in, in, our, in our business casual era. Yes, button down. We couldn't afford sections, so yes. we did that thing with our goddamn uh, vodka and cranberry. Yes. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or tequila sunrise. Tequila. Uh, all the mixes in the world, that cheap-ass liquor we drinking on. Yeah. And you had two in your hand, you, that, you could tell the nigga just got paid that day. Period. Are you balling? <laughs> oh, he just got his check today. He double-fisted. We It wasn't no... It wasn't no goddamn peasants versus the pay. No, and sections existed. You know what I'm saying? But it's like we weren't in them. You sat your, we, you got them just so everybody could have somewhere to sit their shit. Now I'm gonna say this, nigga, go back because I started. I did get a section for my 21st birthday. You know, but college sections also inflation. We recognize inflation. <laughs> Everything was a different price, so I was definitely like getting section. I got a section for my 21st birthday. 24, 25, every birthday after that. You know what I'm saying? But it was for birthdays. It wasn't because of Saturdays. Yeah, like, I didn't have to get a section every time I went out. No, no. And I think that, like, the way that clubs are built these days, there's so many couches and this and that. There's nowhere to even party. Where is the fucking dance floor? That's why everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to Bella Noche. I will tell you all, (laughs) based on what I know of Baton Rouge, it's not, a, it's not a tourist destination. It's not a tourist destination. I saw so many people like, oh, I got to go. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> bucket hey, list is far. 
We don't need That's you far. coming from St. Paul, Minnesota. That part. <laughs> Pulling up to goddamn. You know, I mean, you can. <laughs> but just do more 60. research outside of Belanoche. And it got to be a That's shooter true. in the crew. Not a shooter. Well, the reason I say this is not a shooter, but somebody who's willing to fight. You got to have one fighter. Yeah, at the least one. Who, who's willing to take it there? If you don't know the culture, you got it's like going to LA and not knowing you can't wear a Houston Astro. If That's I true. This, if I wore this hat in LA, I'm gonna get checked. You, you might, you might not. No, no, this is literally a Hoover Crip. Really? The Hoover Crips, they, they the Hoovers, they wear black. I mean, they literally wear these hats because orange and blue are their colors. Wow. See, I don't even know the culture. Go out of town, they rep. That's true. Right. If I ain't do my research. Right, like me, because I didn't know at all. <laughs> With that boy, little research, I got to do some research. Okay. If I, if I ain't do my research, dude be looking at me bugging. I'll be like, what's up? What? What's up? It's the Astros, are you not familiar? You claim. Houston? <laughs> like, Texas? I don't know. You, you know the land of land. You get what I'm saying? Nah, period. They start, they start throwing out clothes. Rip your hood. Don't, don't convey it. Go to the bar. Just go to the bar. On that part. Just sit this with that. Go to the bar on that part. They start throwing up neighborhoods. No, Clicks. yeah. You got to know when to not turn up. That's <laughs> true. That's true. But what I will say I appreciate about Bella Noche, first of all, what a great name. It means... Name. Good night, a beautiful night in like Italian or Spanish. It means good night or beautiful night. Bella is like beautiful, good. And noche is night in Spanish. I do know that. So it's like beautiful night, good night in in whatever language. But I liked, like people were talking about, there's no sections there or there weren't any visible in the viral video. I don't know what they do on other nights. But the the most of it was people having a good fucking time. And like that, Dallas, not even Dallas, world. I saw, I, I saw, I saw ponytail balls. That's when I knew that was just a spot you just pull up to. But, yeah. I loved it. What's a ponytail ball? You know, just like, I'm going to put this shit in the ball. And then put my ponytail around it? Because no, I can see that. Like, I I took my brain tight and my shit just like this. So you saw a ball? I just saw a It was ball. a bun. A bun. A ponytail bar. Is that a Houston I thing? Saw, I saw a burgundy bun. I was like, a burgundy bun. You pull up in your bun. Yeah. Do you understand how how refreshing that is? It's a come as you are environment. People be getting whole goddamn like makeup, uh, uh, like like they be going to get makeup put on to go to the club. Makeup put on. He mean makeup appointments. That too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have. You know, you prep a whole day for a club experience. It depends, though. I don't just go, always Saturday, I'm going to get my makeup done. It got to be somebody's birthday. Like somebody's birthday, but think how many birthdays. Uh, yeah, nah, for real. To. For real, for real, yeah. You got what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, goddamn, the fact that we need to do all this shit, you know what? We turning up, we going to a club, and we ain't getting no sexual. We just going to parlay in this bitch 40 deep. And we're gonna make them dance. Can we just like do a week, like a, a, a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday with no sections? Can that just be the norm? Because it's boring. If I, if I, if I wasn't a, a, a adverse to being a promoter, I would be like, let me throw a monthly party that people just pull up and we're gonna have an era. We're gonna have a boogie era party. Oh my gosh. Honestly, though. 
I get that. No, no, no. What I'm saying is you got to introduce people with something like that in our days. You can't just say no sections, club. You can't. Okay, so you can't have like no section Sundays and every party you do on Sundays don't have no section. Period. But you got to do that consistently. You I agree. But I'm not trying to be a promoter. I'm just well, trying to you ain't doing people. it. I, that's why I said if I I just wanted to have an experience where people be like, oh, that sounds different. Yeah. Because I feel like you get caught in a vacuum trying to promote a new event. No that's fair. That. It's like now if somebody be some shit because you know the the, uh, the um. The theme parties and stuff is the new Themes party. are cool. People so love you themes. You have to kind of use people's way to kind of drum them. Yeah. And then once you get that, that knack for being, no, oh, he throw good, he go yeah. through events. And they even notice there's just no section. Two, three months later, hey, boom, no section Sundays, boom. Yeah. I'm already created the vibe. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm it is already how is. I would just market it. Yeah. Versus people just hopefully push on up to my shit. No, nah, that's real. Just having it. Because the Southern Classic didn't have sections either. Like, we had VIP, not VIP, we had couches around the dance floor for people who wanted to have a seat every now and then, you know what I'm saying? But, like, and also, as an event host, event curator, sometimes the people with sections be the biggest pain in the ass. Oh, my gosh. They always want some. They be having whole riders before they get there. Leave me alone. I want, I want, uh, low, uh, low sugar. Red Bulls. Not the that, regular Red Bulls. That. It's like, girl, I'm sorry, but like you pay what seventy more dollars than everybody else in here? Because everybody's spending what forty people are spending sixty dollars at the bar. Man, do you for them and their friends. Do you understand what happened though? If somebody could just pay ten dollars to pull up to your shit. I I kinda wanna yeah, I kinda wanna have something now. Just like just get a big ass just spot and just like hey Turn up. Know. Like we listening to I'm uh, piano, we listen to fucking R and B. Hey bro, we're gonna we gonna just take your own experience, man. We but listen you gotta have the right DJ. You that's the thing. That's where honestly small mimosa tangent. That's where you Dallas people got it fucked up. I don't know about Houston like that. I can't speak to any other city but the city that I'm from and live in. People in Dallas, party promoters, curators, whatever in, da- in Dallas. Three DJs. <laughs> and honestly, the DJs who are terrible are still getting booked. And I just want to like just wonder, you know, like, why? Honestly, but like, you get what you pay for. If you have a if you have a DJ and the people in your sections are not dancing, we gotta we have to reel it in and talk about it. And that's, uh, hang on now, like. The place that I feel like has the best DJ experience that I've been to is isn't in Dallas. Oh. I went to a door in Houston. Mm. They rotated DJs every two hours or so. Okay. Every DJ had a different mix. I could appreciate that. And like I didn't notice. I was there because it was uh it was the playoffs last year during the NFL playoffs, so I watched both games. Yeah. So you there like six hours. You're not realizing, like, I didn't yeah. hear new. Yeah. Oh, I ain't heard this shit. Yeah. They playing album cuts. I'm yeah. Like, because you almost trying to, they, they competing against each other. Like, I'm going to turn mm, this bitch up. I'm going to have a live instead. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, that's a good idea. Yeah. Instead of paying the same price for somebody all the way through, it's like, I'm going to just give you different flavors. That's something that I learned in the event space. That's something that I learned this year. Because the Southern Classic, we had two DJs. Mm-hmm. DJ She Real opened and DJ Nightcrawler closed. But past events that I've had, I'm paying one DJ the whole time because 
Because that just sounds easier. They can, they can. And so that's something that, like, moving forward, if it's like a, a five hour event, I'm going to do two DJs. But I wish that we could go back and reintroduce the no section culture every now and then. You know what? I'm going to bring a business casual party back. I want y'all to come up and y'all find this goddamn, uh, and, you know, Zara fits. You can, you can wear your, you can wear a button down. I actually am going to request that you wear a button button down shirt to my birthday party. Button down, what I, what, you know, when niggas start getting in the weight room, they start wearing the tight fitting button downs with the with the vest. A vest <laughs> and the shepherd boots, the ones that had the zip on the Stop side. Stop playing. <laughs> like, the zip on, that's crazy town. You remember with the cut Levi's? Please stop. Ooh, boy, killing me. Only my birthday that's party. That's when the nigga was eclectic. <laughs> like, not eclectic friend. First it was baggy, and when you start making it fit, you start thinking, "Oh, that's an eclectic nigga." The first niggas that start wearing fitted clothes, they 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 didn't get accepted into goddamn they, normal true. society. At first they said they had it going on. Like you you read, felt like he was he was caught. Something's you, in you your bank account. Like it's something Something is in you. your bank account, you and I can rock with that. You know your measurements. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You know your measurements. It's not a small, medium, large for you. No, you didn't did your research. You were 17 around the neck. You didn't figure this out. Yeah, I feel that. You know what I'm saying? So I started to say that's when the shit started changing. Niggas started digging. They went left and started getting the court. You know, we went European, the Chelsea boot era. I remember the brunch boots. I remember brunch boots. Well, you can sit in the corner and your feet go in that motherfucker perfectly. Not perfectly. Stop paying attention to things. Cut corners. Boom. Like, like y'all. He's crazy. Chelsea Boot Arrow was a sad time because niggas was killing their feet. I didn't know that was painful for y'all. Y'all look good I'm in there. I'm a wide foot nigga. Mm. My first pair of Chelsea boots had me tiptoeing to the car. Stop. <laughs> yes. So it's like tennis shoes for you for now. Hey, I knew I, I knew I was batting outside my coverage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I was swimming outside my lane. Yeah. Look I'm at you like, now. I'm not supposed to be a cutting edge fashion. That's not who I am. I'm too blockish. I'm too blockish. Look at you knowing your type. I can't be European. Look at you. Blockish, yes. Blockish fit. You Congratulations. Got to know yourself, bro. Congratulations. You hippish. Then don't. Look, ain't for you. You get what I'm saying? You got to understand your wins, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, it's been a good ass show. You so crazy. I'm so glad we back. You know what I'm saying? You know what? And I'm glad we talked a lot about dating. Um, And obviously, we're talking about it from our millennial lens, right? Oh, we got a preview for y'all. We we talk a lot about dating and like, Cheesecake Factory versus whatever the fuck else, right? We talk about all these things. I think it's really funny because there are people in the world who are still married 30 plus years later who are like, what? Like, I remember trying to save for Cheesecake Factory. You know, times have literally changed. And I don't know if we pull those people in enough to gain perspective. And I'm not saying that they do it perfectly, but listening to a 30 plus From old lane. marriage, that's, is, I think it's beneficial to the conversation. So I can confidently say like, my favorite couple is my parents. You know, my parents are my favorite couple. My mom is from Oak Cliff. My daddy is from Fifth Ward. And, like, they, the way they, they call them shooting the dozens or whatever it's called, but the way they, like, make fun of each other, love on each other. It's a memorable. We FaceTime Twan, <laughs> me, my mom, and my dad, we FaceTime Twan because Twan wants them so badly to come on the show. 
Um, and so I was like, you know what? Let's do a pre-production meeting. Let's like give him in, get him introduced to the Chandler concept. I didn't want to know my representative. They were like, nah. Like, yeah, you know that bullshit. You know, he's a broke nigga. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I can curse. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm coming up there with my, my best home. Yes, training. he's trying to have you, you got sense. Dad talking about, you know, you want to come over and smoke one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Y'all them type, okay, I fucks with you. You yes. know what I'm saying? Can, I, can y'all pull up sooner? You yes. Know My so, parents are very... See, parents is a vibe. They, they're, they're cool. A vibe. They are black love. Yeah. The right the right measurement of like... Because you can tell they got sense. But yes. when they in a house, what goes on in this house stays in this house. Period. I love that energy. You yes. know what I'm saying? So... We're going to have them on the next episode. The next episode of Let's Drink to That will feature the Chandlers. Oh, my gosh. You're going <laughs> to see three faces that look alike. <laughs> so, yes, you, I, apparently I look like my dad. So, yeah. You look like a perfect. You look like whatever parent you next to. So, somebody told me together, that. Somebody told me that. parents been together so long. They yeah. Feel like they related. Not for real. Because y'all together, y'all just look like a whole family lineage. A whole thing. Not like they met. You know yeah, they right, like, right. Yeah. So they are 35 years in. We both are 35. My parents turned 35 in their marriage in July, and I'll be 35 in November. I was at their wedding. So you will in the be womb. hearing from the Chandler family on the next episode of Let's Drink to That Podcast. Man, I'm so glad that y'all was able to pull up with us and rock out with us Agreed. on this brunch edition. Agreed. So cheers to you when you hearing this. Yes. Again, man, this your boy Antoine Swiss. <laughs> this is at Stephanie. We out of here. Cheers. Cheers. Did we go too long?